Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today's guest, oh my gosh, it's going to be a fun one today. Uh, this is someone that I've known professionally for years. Um, sort of think of him as a little brother. I'm always so, so grateful and so proud of him and his success. We have the co-founder and CEO of EPM Mortgage, Eddie Perez. How you doing, my brother? I'm good. And Mono, you? I am great. Thank you. You know what? I actually secretly think that EPM stands for Eddie Perez Mortgage, but that's okay. We'll let people. There's a funny story, but there's a funny story behind that. <laughs> it does not, but um, it does. I can but see everybody else thinks that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be pretty narcissistic, but um, what the hell? Yeah, no, I'm not judging. It's just uh, originally that wasn't our name. And when we had to do a name change, because we had a little bit of an identity crisis, because we named ourselves yeah. originally Equity Loans. And then after okay. the crash, people are like, hey, you do second mortgages. We're like, no. So we hired a, a branding and PR firm and they came back with some names. They were very happy with the name Equity first because nobody really had it. They just said, hey, you got to sure. throw a mortgage and three letters are more powerful and I want you to start going by them. When it came down, I voted against it out of seven people. I was the only one because I was like, oh, Lord, they're going to think it's Eddie Perez mortgage. That's literally why I voted against it. Um, I like the initials EPM. It's helped us build our theme of I'm empowering sure. people more. Yeah. So it worked out well, but yeah. <laughs> But listen, we're jumping ahead of ourselves because I want to come in straight from the beginning. Look, you and I came from very similar backgrounds. Both yeah. of our parents uh, left communist regime in Cuba and really went for a better life and building for us and, and, and their mm -hmm. children. Right? And so I always have come to the opinion that those children of immigrants that left for reasons of persecution, not just Cuba, but for other places have like this. I don't know, this innate sense of like, you've got to succeed, right? It's sort of like, because the sacrifices that have been made would have been too great. You know, it's sort of like, you've built an amazing business. We're going to get to it in a second. But do you feel that same way? Is it just yeah, and what's, no, and what I tell people is this, because when I talk about some of the successes, I always talk about the team and lifting other people up. But it's wow. almost, this is the way I said it, because the three people that supported me the most in this life were my, my father, my uncle and my grandmother, and I don't want their death to die in vain. So it's wow. kind of that military, you know, you hear, cause I've interviewed a lot of military people and obviously uh, my sheer appreciation for freedom, how much I appreciate them. It's that same innate mindset of if I don't, then I really betrayed the people that believed in me and I really let them down. So there's this, innate belief for country and for them. It just, I, I get it, man. I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, and it's so true because it, it, it's, and it's almost, it's almost impossible to explain, but like people that came from a very similar background, like you and I, immediately we have a bond and it's been mm -hmm. that way since day one that I met you. And mm -hmm. it's always been like that thing. And because I'm older than you, I always think, oh, I got to go protect him. It's like, it's like my little brother. And it's like that sense of community that happens. And it's, yeah. and it's almost, it's impossible to explain if you don't come from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you there's I mean? a very repressiveness. Like, you know, you see people very similar that I've been able to relate to people that are like from what was the Soviet bloc. Right. You know, everything's like that, you know, just even, um, I mean, even some of the,
persecution that obviously the Jewish community uh, dealt with in their lives. Like we all have this sort of, it's just, it's really about at the end of the day, you know, like my dad said in Spanish to me when I asked him like, how the heck did you steal a rowboat and row to freedom? And that's one of the few, my dad was a big jokester, serious guy, but then that's when he like lit up and he said to me in Spanish, man, look, mijo, libertad todo. Freedom's everything. Freedom. And he that's went true. into details like freedom of mind, freedom of spirit, freedom to do what you want. You, my dad's yeah. always said it. My mom said it. You know, I don't want you to be a doctor and be a bad one. I'd rather you be the greatest janitor that ever existed. So it's that just freedom to be you. Freedom that's of, of choice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you. Yep. So actually, you were going to be a baseball player. And yeah. it's sort of like you like any good Cuban kid, right? You had to play baseball. And so you were good <laughs> enough, you were going to go pro. What happened? You got it, you have injured and then you went into finance. Tell me the story. Yeah, I know. I um I was good enough, but I got hit in the eye. And oh, wow. you know, yeah, I got hit right here in the retina. It got detached. And in baseball, especially as a hitter you don't have your vision. You're done. You're just yeah. done. So, you know, luckily my eye is still pretty good and everything of that nature. Cause that happened to me when I was young, but yeah, I mean, look, um, it's, it's like anything else. Then I had to go to college and I was one of those that I didn't say, I, I don't know if I want to go to college, but then my parents, it's something they wanted, but it was a wonderful yeah. experience. Cause then, um, after that in college, uh, I joined a fraternity that was very still some of my closest friends because my mother got very sick oh. my first year and they were told me, yeah, she's still alive, but I was told she had six months to live and, wow. and they did an experimental treatment. My father, um, you know, immigrant had built his business, but a lot of money paid 20% of the treatment out of pocket to give her bad, her good take her good bone marrow and give it to her bad that saved her life. Wow. Yeah. So extraordinary story. Yeah. It's just, you know, my mom is who I always attribute tenacity to. So that's even, she's still alive. So um, she's 85 now, but yeah, that's where I learned tenacity that, that, that got to go for it. I mean, my father obviously taught me, but that in dark moments, you know, go to what you know is, good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So tell me how you got into the mortgage business. Well, I, I, nobody really grows up wanting to get into the mortgage business. That's <laughs> well, because uh, I think what a lot of people don't realize is it's kind of a trade. It's, it's part of the many trades. It's part of the real estate community and yeah. the real estate community. You know, I just said this when I spoke is, is so powerful. And what makes it so powerful is not that just the real estate community in this country moves a, a net effect of $7 trillion. It's the biggest boy on the block, but it's like being an athlete. It, it really doesn't matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter where you went to school. You got to make it on your own and you got to, and it's really about your talent and your skills and more importantly, who you bring to the table and how you lift others up. So it's very powerful. It's very powerful. It's very, you know, you know, empowering. Yeah. Um, but I studied finance. Uh, first I was doing, you know, I was a financial advisor, investment banking, everything of that nature. And the 01 crash happened. And my father was a contractor residential. I had seen home ownership and that whole world. My uncle had built apartments. Uh, he was a contractor too. So he wasn't the developer, but he was 
doing framing, painting, drywall, very similar to my father. So I'd seen just the benefits of multifamily as well as residential. So one day, uh, my wife now, girlfriend at the time, came to me and said, hey, have you ever tried mortgages? My hairdresser's husband, no joke, this is how it goes. Got into it, loves it. She described it, how you're interacting with people, you're financing. Totally reminded me a lot of baseball, really did. Sure. And I went online to what now doesn't exist, monster.com. You know, now people talk about Indeed and found a place that trained and the rest is literally history. Fell in love with it pretty much out of the gate. That's it. This is all because of your wife's hairdresser's husband, in essence. And she she changed hairdresser. She's trying to remember who it was and she wants to thank because it worked out very well. Yeah, I know. And that's how everybody who gets in depending on which route you went. Cause the, the, the mortgage side is a straight line. A lot of people try yeah, to yeah, yeah. create division, but it's a straight line, like application yeah. to ending. Where did you get in the equation? Everybody either starts somewhere in the business development side, sales or some function of it or the operational side. That's part of the right. equation that all, you know, you either start on the front end or the back end of the production line and everybody yeah. that's ascended, you know, you don't, you don't start in tech and that's how you ascend it in a mortgage company. That just sure, doesn't right. happen. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You also have to be open to the situation, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it, 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 you could have easily dismissed this. And so they said, what is your like hairdresser's husband sort of giving me career advice for? You know what I mean? You could have easily dismissed it, but you were well, open it. Sounded to it sounded fun. It, fun. Sound, it reminded me a lot of baseball. It reminded me a lot of the yeah. process of self-improvement. It, it reminded me yeah. a lot of, bringing people together, you know, being very, you know, being Latino Catholic reminded me of all so many things that were so comfortable. And I also felt like I would do well at it because it really fit my personality. I love that. All right. So now we're the 2008 where you founded (laughs) right? And sort of like the height of the crisis, Mejito, what were you thinking? And sort of like that took a lot of guts. Take me through that journey, and then we'll talk about how you've built it from now. Actually, what what's you- funny is, what was I thinking? I, I already knew the language. I'd already had pattern recognition because I was part of the dot-com blow-up in yep. 01. And yep. the same things were coming out. Um, the only difference then is they changed stockbroker to mortgage broker. They're to blame. This is what's going on. And, and what I always say in these situations is there are no saints in the room. I laugh when people try to create sainthood. We're humans. We're not perfect. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that there wasn't moral hazards. Don't get me wrong. However, I said, okay, I was a mortgage broker then. I said, all right, I got two options because I already went down this road. I either got to go all in and become a lender, and then I'm going to give back, pay it forward, and make sure that later my business model helps those brokers as well as and be a full lender, or I got to get out. It was just that simple. And at that, that time, it. at that time, young, naive is powerful because you're going to stick to it. You know, you're going to be resilient. Yeah. I only had at that point one kid. She was little. It, it just, it, it was at a good spot. I was at a yeah. good spot. Uh, I was 31 at the time. It just made a lot of sense. Yeah, one kid, she was little. She didn't need to eat that much, right? So <laughs> let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, my angel, right, my well, firstborn. 
it <laughs> it was a good bet, right? Look at the growth you've done. Your growth has been phenomenal. You're over 500 employees. You're in almost all of the states, 49 states, if I'm correct. How did you? you no, know, we made it. We made Hawaii finally. We made it. We made did it. That, that right, took so like two years. States. Yeah, dude. How did you scale that? You got to update your website, by the way. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I'll get them to do that. Well, that's just not long ago. And I'm wondering if it's approved. They've got weird regulations. So like anything else, but that's a good note. Note taken. I will definitely. Thank you. How did we scale it? Look, you know, when we switched from a broker to a lender, we went, we only had 15. It was just time, the old fashioned way, bootstrap, you know, it wasn't hedge funds, nothing wrong with that. It wasn't, you know, wealthier parents. It was just the old fashioned reinvest your retained earnings. You know, there's a lot of good people that took chances on us. You know, there's a lot of good, you know, vendor partners, as I call them, because they were technically vendors, but they were really big at the relationship. You know, our warehouse lines of credit that allow us to lend to then when we securitize it and just a lot of good people. But I've seen that my whole life. My father saw it when he was homeless the first week in this country. You know, there's a lot of kind people out there. There really are. I know that a lot of people try to paint a picture. There's not. I just always say the person who's the most aware in a conversation bears all the responsibility. And Love that. just a lot of people along the way, even people like yourself that have looked out and, and been there. And we've had a lot of fun together. We have. That's just and, and not like like when people think fun, they think like we're like at spring break, you know, <laughs> drinking to fall off the world. No, just it, I've always been very curious and interested in humans. Humans have been, you know, like I say, humanity was very kind to my family, very kind to myself, you know, you know, growing up in inner city Atlanta, you know, there weren't a whole lot of Kiwanos there and not knowing English when I got to school, you know, I had, you know, now I say gentlemen because they're obviously growing up, but I had, you know, a white male, an African-American, African-American male that, that helped me learn English. So I've, I've seen the best of humanity. I'm not saying that there isn't ugly parts, but I've always been able to see the opportunities and the good side. I love that because that's also how you've grown, right? It's always how you see the world. That really is, you know, there's everything in the world. It depends on which lens you decide to view from. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what's powerful. Tell me what the greatest lesson you've learned thus far in your career. You've done a lot. Greatest lesson, you know, that went the right way. Well, no, even if it went sideways, it's still a blessing. Sideways is a good lesson. Lesson. I don't know if there's like one lesson. What I'll say is a theme. Sure. Okay, no, no, no. No, no, I'll talk about mistakes. A a big mistake I made when I was younger when it came to messaging and leading an organization that at times you think as a leader, oh, this person doesn't want to hear that. They don't want to hear this. Oh, that doesn't matter. No, they'll start creating their own theories. So one thing I've learned that radical transparency is extremely powerful. Uh, People do not have a challenge with the news. They have a challenge with the uncertainty. So that also transpires to inviting as many people to the table to have discussions and talk and collaborate. The reason some people don't like to do that is because they say, oh, we won't get anything done. Well, that's where I say it takes a leader to say no or yes and to move on. So I think that's just an excuse because they don't know how to, as I say, embrace conflict. Everything is a conflict and they don't know how to embrace it in a very positive opportunistic way because everything is really an opportunity for self-improvement. So I would say my 
greatest lesson is invite early and often people to the table, invite open discussion, listen to learn. Don't listen to respond. Yeah. That's, that's really powerful. And you're giving a lot of good nuggets here. <laughs> Thank <right>. you. So, <laughs> so somebody coming into the business today, right? So we were both in finance. We went through the financial crisis, both went into real estate, went into the real estate crisis. So a lot of people in the industry today have only seen an up market. They don't know what a cyclical market is. What are three pieces of advice you would give somebody entering the business today? Whether on the mortgage side or the real estate side. No, I would tell them to read a lot. I'd say that they got to spend at least six to 10 hours reading a week at a minimum. I'd actually probably tell you to read even more because I think that you've got to read just overall books of just history. You know, when it comes to philosophy, theology, psychology, sociology, I think it's very powerful because you're going to lead people. So I'd say one read and read industry stuff. It's funny. Like somebody said to me that sometimes I'm on the forefront, not really on the forefront. I just read. And yeah, right. the answers exactly. are there. So yeah. I'd say read a good amount to however you do it. Definitely create an amazing follow-up system hmm. because most people fail because they don't follow up. It's opportunities are everywhere. They're bountiful. So create a great follow-up system. And if that means like I have everything in my calendar, even though I have a really good memory, I have everything in my calendar just so I can map it out and really maximize. Cause, and then the third one, it goes to this. There's only so much time you have in this life. And yes. time is truly the only commodity we have. Cause it's the only thing you get to use that you don't get to own. You own your mindset. The only thing I believe you control in your life, use your time wisely with the people that you really want to enjoy. I did a lot of business with a-holes over the years because I felt like I needed to. Yep. I'm not saying you can't learn. I'm not saying don't have your strikeouts because I'm always going to tell you you're going to go three and a half for 10 in life, but really learn how to make your time effective so that you're not compromising on yourself. Like if you want to get better or family time or anything of that nature. So And that's the most important thing. You're right. It's the only thing that we can't control. Right. It's sort of like we, we, we can own everything. You can't own time. It's borrowed. It owns you. It owns you. It owns you, but you have to sort of figure out how to, how to, how to sort of control what you have within that, that sort of lack of control, if you will. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important. I love these. These are great. All right, now I'm going to turn a little bit. You actually are also incredibly philanthropic. I know that. And then you also did something with your organization. You started something called Choose Kindness. I mm -hmm. love that title, by the way. Tell me what that is. So it was during COVID. I think kindness is a, an amazing, I don't want to say weapon, because it sounds like it's an amazing way to lead. It doesn't mean try to be popular, because I've always said people that try to be nice they're really trying to get popular or it has something to do with insecurity. And that's okay. The great thing about self-assurance is it's something that you can work on. It's really you invest in yourself and you'll get it. It's just that simple. And it's something that you got to work on daily. So the Choose Kindness campaign is, okay, we're an organization. We're growing. You know, we're, we're helping, you know, you know, thousands of borrowers a month. 
how do you really pay it for? Not give back. Give back right. to me. Usually somebody wants to get back. I'm talking about true pay it forward because when you have a pay it forward mindset, you're paying homage to those that built the road and then you're leaving it better. And more importantly, it shows that you're really living not to be a moral hazard because that's the number one behavior that changed after the crash. People don't want to work or do business with somebody that's a moral hazard. So we did the Choose Kindness campaign. So it was very simple. I wanted every loan to count. Instead of saying, hey, I gave a $5,000 check. I said, okay, Mm -hmm. how do we pick multiple organizations that represent pretty much the medium of life that also represent this industry? And that way we're paying it forward. So we chose three. And for three different reasons, the first one, Open Doors Foundation, they help parents with critically ill children with their mortgage and rent payment, because there's only four things you need in life, shelter, food, water, and love. And that organization represents that. When you have a critically ill child, and fortunately I have not, and I'm very grateful for that, but what is the last thing somebody needs to worry about? Making sure they have shelter so they can keep the other three in place. So that was one. The second one was Leashes of Valor. Like I said, huge proponent of the military. They keep us free. Uh, one thing that I heard years ago that is not mine that I heard, you know, we don't know you, but we owe you to everybody that's ever served in this country or has passed away. Well, what's one of the biggest challenges? Mental health, or more importantly, emotional health. What is causing their mental state to cause emotion that's bringing them pain? And the number one gateway drug in this world is unresolved emotional pain. Well, this organization not only helps veterans, but it helps them that they're having PTSD or traumatic brain injury, as well as dogs. And I personally like dogs. I mean, what what more better organization represents all this that can help people from dying by suicide? And I learned it that unfortunately, 22 veterans every day die by suicide. And this is one way to help bring the number down, which it has, is really supporting that support system. So that's organization two. And organization three uh, was research for Johns Hopkins Hospital because the CEO of the MBA, uh, Dave Stevens, that you know, came down with cancer and they have been able to find research that has been, you know, they got the money to create a, a little camera or microscope, right. whatever it is, and a team that has made so many breakthroughs in cancer that it's helping everybody else. So in, in my humble opinion, I thought that those represented pretty much the medium of Americans that really covered a great basis for really paying it forward. That's pretty amazing, brother. I love that. It's pretty amazing. Thank you. So talk to me about your, I mean, your leadership is amazing, but talk to me about leadership within our community. You are the uh, the uh, chairman of the board of the CBOG, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, corporate board of governors for NAREP, the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. I sit on that board with you. You're our chair. Mm-hmm. You're about uh, actually about to end your tenure. Yeah, yeah. My uh, term ends uh, when we see each other in March. There you go. Uh, but tell me a little bit about about community and about why that's important for you. I've always been a big fan of camaraderie because that's what community is. I think that it's your human relationships and the time you spend with them that really are what make the one thing we talked about time so much more enjoyable. And I also think camaraderie and really the self-improvement within the camaraderie is what I believe is the key to happiness. That if you're working to get 1% better every day on yourself, you're going to make 
the world a hundred percent better. So it's that camaraderie. And I genuinely just enjoy intrigue, curiosity, getting to know people. Like it's, it's kind of fun to me, like from their sports teams to who they are, to what they interest, to what they read. And, and look, you know, life's an open book test. The more you're right, interested right. In, in others, you know, and I'm not even talking about from a selfish standpoint, just, I, I think you just get a, a, a sense of gratitude and appreciation and a perspective that will help you the most in the darkest of moments to see the light. Who knew you were so spiritual? Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I have one final question for you. Sure. In your book of life, what is this chapter called? Wow. That's a great man. Never even thought about anything like that. Wow. Um, I would probably say the fun run, having a lot of fun, you know, it's a lot of fun growing others. It's a lot of fun, the process of who you're becoming and how you're improving. I think you got to have fun. I, I, I mean, I really tell people that, that the process is actually the fun, not the result. It, it's really not like if, if you're chasing the results, keep running, brother. It's going to be a long run. You ain't ever going to make it. <laughs> There's no finish line. No, you got to always uh, improve your time because you just don't know when it's your last. You really don't. And I would just say this is the fun run. I love this. My brother, thank you, man. This is you're so welcome. great. Eddie, you're such a great individual. You're a great friend. You're a great leader. You're a great father, great husband, and really important voice in our community, especially, and in our industry. And I really appreciate who you are as a, as, an, as a man, as an individual, and really having you in my life. So thank you for this conversation. I know, really man. Proud. It's my pleasure. And look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very grateful to be in this country, very grateful that I have the perspectives. And yeah. I just, like I said, this is always a lot of fun and I always enjoy it. And I'm always a pleasure paying it forward. It's always, it's always the thing. It's always the thing. I can't wait to see you in uh, next month. So, yeah, we'll DC. See you so I love it. Uh, and thank you again. Thank you for all of You're you welcome. for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez.